Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. I'm Cameron Poitras, producer for Hal Anderson Afternoons with guest host Kathy Kennedy. We're joined by a good friend of wrestler extraordinaire Chris Jericho, as well as Hal joins the program for Hal's Hit. We've been talking about disgusting foods. Real quick before uh, we bring in Hal Anderson into the conversation, uh, James texted and said, Hello up there in cold Canada. This is James from Los Angeles, California, where it's raining, but a very nice 68 degrees right now. Oh, what I love 68. <laughs> uh, he says, Have you guys ever eaten chitlins? They're pig intestines, but they are yum, yum, yummy, but they do smell awful. Nope, have not had chitlins, although I've always wondered what chitlins were, and now I guess we all know what a chitlin is. Gotta go to the phone and say hi to Len. Len, what's the disgusting food that you've eaten or seen somebody eat? Uh, Kathy, a number of years ago, I was uh, uh, invited to a military function. I believe they called it a New Year's levy, and they make up this concoction of liquor in a big cauldron, for lack of a better word. Uh, it's a mix of uh, vanilla ice cream, eggs. It's like a uh, eggnog gone wrong, <laughs> and uh, it's. But it's a mix of different liquors. Like there's likely four or five quarts of different liquor in this thing, and uh, but the biggest component is the vanilla vanilla ice cream, and it goes down very smooth. And I'd likely had a couple glasses of this stuff, and. Uh, one day, uh, or this second or third time in, I take a mouthful and I have a lump on my tongue and I'm thinking vanilla ice cream, so it's just a chunk of ice cream that wasn't, you know, mixed into the... Uh-oh. Oh, uh, here it comes. Well. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, how you would take a piece of ice cream and squeeze it between the roof of your mouth and your tongue, it ended up being an egg yolk that wasn't broken. Oh! So, that was pretty gross. It was, uh, you know what? That's the, this yeah, that's is not likely good. forty years ago, and it's still. I get the just willies just thinking about it. That you know what? I get the willies hearing you talk about it. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Len. Um, you know what? I I had a similar experience this year. It was at a Christmas party where they had one year old eggnog. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, let's talk to Hal Anderson. Hi, Hal. One-year-old eggnog, what's that all about? you got to get friends with more money, Kathy. <laughs> Drink an old eggnog. No, they, they apparently they let it steep, brew. Really? I don't know. What do you do with for one year? And, wow. and Yeah. I, I couldn't believe I mean, they, they forced me. They said, you have to taste it. And I did. And you know what? It, it, it wasn't that bad, but yeah, no, I don't think I'd ever order that. <laughs> I think often, you know, these foods, are you think they're going to be worse than they actually are. Yes. In most cases, I think that is, is the case. I mean, the one that I'm sure others have, and I, I, haven't, I apologize, I haven't listened much the first half hour here to your show, but I, the one for me, and I remember being a young guy on my dad's a friend's farm, and we ate prairie, prairie oysters, and I didn't know what they were at first when I ate them. <laughs> I found out afterwards what they were, and then I was mortified, right? So that's one thing for me. The other thing my dad used to eat all the time, my dad had lots of foods that he loved, 
that I just could not understand, head cheese. And you can still buy that oh, stuff. You every can. time I see it in a store, I go, what is that all about? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, and, and Doug texted Hal and said, ask Hal about Brussels sprouts recipe. What's My that? Brussels sprouts recipe? I don't know. Yeah, well, all I'll say is that uh, we bro like people now broil their vegetables in the oven, right? I yeah. mean, that's how people just eat vegetables now. And there's a couple of really good recipes that we use where you smash them and Parmesan cheese, or you can put some, um, there's different ways to do them. But yeah, Brussels sprouts, not my favorite food, but there's some ways to make them better, I guess, is a good way to put it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how much better you can make those, but... Yeah. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. what about you though? Is was there? I mean, the head cheese, and yeah, uh, yeah I agree with you a hundred percent on that for sure. On the and the prairie oysters, that yeah. was a bad one. Yeah, but I I I will try just about anything. Um, it, I find it, and I think a lot of the discussion on this today came from KFC announcing yes. that they've got these Cheetos chicken sandwiches, right? <laughs> and they're they're testing them out in North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia. I don't know if you said what what it is, but basically. They coat a juicy, hand-breaded, uh, extra crispy chicken filet with special Cheeto sauce and place it on a toasted bun with mayo and a layer of crunchy Cheetos. And they're testing it right now in North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia. They are not testing it here in Winnipeg. By the way, they say they often test market stuff like this in Winnipeg uh, because if it, where they say if it works in Winnipeg, it'll probably work just about anywhere. That's true. But they're trying it in North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia. By the way, this just in, ISIS is claiming responsibility for the sandwich. So breaking news. <laughs> Uh, here, here. <laughs> I, you know what? You had me for a second. I went. I looked I right yeah. under the TV and I went. What am I missing? What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you missing? No, I mean, why? There's no point to that. There, there is absolutely no reason to do that. Like for me, chicken wing, just a plain ordinary oh, chicken yeah. wing. And I dug up some interesting numbers, knowing we were going to talk about food, Kathy, the okay. chicken wing and the Super Bowl. Really, that would that is. I've got a bag of chicken wings sitting in the freezer right now. That's what I'll have as I watch the Super Bowl this weekend. The National Chicken Council is out with its annual chicken wing report just before the big game. This is in the U.S., so maybe add 10% to these numbers, but I thought they were kind of interesting. This year's uh, annual chicken wing report says that wing consumption will hit an all-time high Super Bowl weekend, that's this weekend, 1.38 billion wings will be consumed as the Rams take on the Pats for the Lombardi Trophy. That is up 2%, or about 27 million wings, from last year. Isn't that crazy? That is absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah. And how many wings is 1.38 billion? Yes, do tell. I've got a, a couple of stats here for you. That is enough wings to put 640 wings on every seat in all 31 NFL stadiums. Holy smokes. That is enough wings to circle the earth three times. Imagine <laughs> they're going to eat all these wings in one weekend. If each wing, if each wing were 1 second, 1.38 billion wings would be 44 years. Wow. And that by the way, 1.38 billion wings is four wings for every man, woman, and child in the U.S. of A. I mean, if that doesn't give you, like, pause for thought, (laughs) I don't know know. what will. Yeah, it's crazy. It is is crazy. Well, I mean, like you say, there's nothing like some chicken wings and uh, and the big game on Sunday. Are you an NFL fan, uh, Hal? 
You know, not as much as I was a few years ago. I've really got into the Bombers and the, and the well, the CFL, the Bombers, obviously, and and the CFL more than the NFL. I don't think I've watched an entire game this year, but I will watch uh, the Rams and and Patriots on uh, on Sunday. Are you going to be cheering for the Patriots, or are you like everybody else uh, in the world and against them? Well, you know what? I, I'm going to reserve decision. <laughs> Okay. Well, it would be cool to see the startup Rams uh, win it. It would. You can't help but... I understand why people hate this guy, Tom Brady, but you can't help but, you know, cheer for the guy and uh and the patriots it's 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 an amazing story it is an amazing story and it will go down yeah. in history and he will go down in history as uh, the greatest quarterback of all time so you know he's the guy that you love to hate but yeah. just so much talent and he says by the way that he can at least play another four more years oh yeah yeah so, no i have no doubt the guy he's he's cruising he, he's it seems like he's on cruise and he ends up in the Super Bowl every year. It's crazy. One other food story related to the Super Bowl here. Okay. This is not available yet. There's no official release date. But Pepsi executives have confirmed they will be sampling it at this year's Super Bowl in Atlanta. Have you heard about this? No. It's called Nitro Pepsi. Uh-oh. Nitro Pepsi. It is a velvety cascading foam. Uh, it comes in two flavors, cola and vanilla. They say it's like... Um, it's like drinking a Pepsi float without any ice cream involved. Oh, hang on. That actually sounds kind of interesting. Nitro Pepsi. I wonder how you would bottle that. I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm they figured out a way to do it cuz they're going to they're going to sell it. See, and that's something else too like, you know, when they new Coke and all these flavors and stuff. Boy, I've you got a flavor in Pepsi or, or Coke that's working. Why would you even mess with that? But I guess they're always trying to sell more, right? Well, yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, foam, I, that actually yeah. sounds kind of appealing. It sounds more appealing than that Cheeto whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also found a couple quickly here. I know we're, we're almost out of time. Um, Super Bowl prop bets. These are the, the silly, goofy bets. You okay, know, like yeah, yeah. the, the over-under on the national anthem, you know, and all that kind of stuff. There are two prop bets that kind of relate to food in a way, and I found those knowing, again, we were going to talk about food. Um, Here's one. You can bet on this, a prop bet, Super Bowl prop bet. Whose spot will air first in the broadcast, Coke or Pepsi? Oh. You can bet. You can actually bet on that if you want. And uh, the other one here, and they actually had to pull this prop bet, uh, the prop bet, because uh, uh, information started leaking out. But there was actually a bet where you could bet on the color of the Doritos bag in the first Doritos spot during the Super Bowl, and they've pulled that prop bet. It is not happening anymore because information started leaking out that it's going to be red. So you might want to watch for that. Apparently the Doritos bag in the first commercial is going to be red. That's hilarious. Yeah. Hal, uh, good to talk to you, my friend. I know that we are going to have you in studio tomorrow. Looking very forward. Enjoy the evening, and we'll see you tomorrow. All right, Kath, bye-bye. You bet. It is one uh, We've got to take a break. Hang on, I'm going to go with the phone real quick. Hi, Tom, I know you've been patiently waiting. Uh, d- do you have a disgusting food real quick? Uh, I got two. Okay. Moose nose and red squirrel. <sighs> Neither one is good. I tried cooking them every which way I knew, and it's just not good at all. Well, the fact... Maybe somebody has a better recipe than I had, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking nobody will. Uh, Tom, thank you for patiently waiting and for letting us. Moose nose and red squirrel. (laughs) 
guess what? The thermometer just creeped up a little bit because in <laughs> walked the one and only Dave Spivak. Uh, welcome to 680 CJOB. Thanks for having me on this warmer day. Yeah. Right. We should let uh, people know Dave is from Calgary. We're going to tell you all about Dave, who he is and why he's here in just a moment. But I got to ask you, because we've been asking our uh, audience uh, all afternoon long, grossest food you've ever eaten or seen somebody eat? Oh, and and I know you've been around the world, sir. So I would imagine you have a story or two. Monkey brain, no. Japan. Really? D- true story. Yeah, monkey brain soup. I didn't eat it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go near it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You know. I know it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just. There was a lot of sake involved. I'm not. I'm not. Well, yeah. Positive. That's what it was. But yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking there would need to be a lot of sake involved to. Uh, would you take monkey brain over the weather? That's that's a topic. There you go. Discuss amongst yourselves. I would. I love animals, but this weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this weather is pretty bad. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dave Spivak is a musician extraordinaire, a wonderful, prolific writer. And uh, we're going to get into his whole musical career in, in just a moment. But uh, Dave is a former Winnipegger who now lives out west. What drew you out west, by the way? Oh, yeah, I really got into snowboarding. And that type of lifestyle, okay. You know, going back about around 1999, so 2000, and I got sick of going through to to the gravel pit at the. I was just going to say the, the Brandon floodway. Hills aren't aren't good enough for you. I was you? cutting the knees up pretty bad there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was primarily it, and and went out there. But I come back a lot. We I still have a cottage out uh, around the Grand Beach area, so I come back quite a bit. And I I spent uh, a couple of winters too out there where it is this type of weather. Yeah. It really equalizes everything. Um, you know, you're out there, uh, and if you don't burn wood, well, you're done. You're dead. And that's pretty cool, actually. When, when, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, when you think about everything, we look, everything's on our iPhone. We, you know, we have a hard time even carrying conversations anymore. It's like right? we're so caught up in technology that, you know, you go somewhere like that, you don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have the internet, you have wood and an axe. Yeah. And if you're lucky, a little food. <laughs> well, and it and it proves to be a great environment to write in, correct? It does, yeah. It, it has something special out there, that's for sure. Um, maybe it's the fact that you don't see a lot of population. Um, there's there's something going on for sure. That's what I feel. Well, and you get a you get a lot of inspiration uh, out there. Yeah. And so yeah. before we get into you know what you're going to be doing this weekend and what you have done, uh, every great story, as I always say. Starts at the beginning. So, so tell me what drew you into music. Mine is boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say uh, I was always a big fan of the lyrics growing up, always. So, I, of course, you know, I grew up in that era of Iron Maiden, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest, and I love that music. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't speak to me the same as when I heard Led Zeppelin for the first time or Pink Floyd and... My brother-in-law and my sister turned me on to a lot of good music, uh, ELO and, and different things like that. So I, I loved the metal, of course, and went to all the shows back at the old barn. But I really got off on the uh, Neil Young and the Bob Dylan and, and, and that kind of music, and it really spoke to me. So I, I started writing songs and kind of fooling around with it. And, you know, one thing i got to say about a lot of Winnipeggers that play music, I know a heck of a lot of people here that have never played a gig, they've never recorded anything professionally. And they would blow you away, that type of thing. Yeah. And I just found that a lot, and I'm not including myself in that genius category, but I found a lot of us were just sitting there going, maybe, maybe we're playing because it's so cold out in the winter. Maybe we're doing it because 
Uh, Neil Young lived here, and because the guess who's from here, who knows? You know, it's something in your water, your it's bread in you. Um, so I really uh, did did a lot of that, and and played a lot of that, and played in the basements, and wrote a lot of music. And then finally, uh, it wasn't until about 2015 or 16 that I went out and really started recording music and getting into that. Um, so prior to that, I was doing little demos on the computer and that type of fun stuff. But I feel like I'm an ambassador to middle-aged men in the prairies. I know you're sitting on gold. You got the next white album in you. Get out there and, and put it down. Put it down. I'm a spokesperson. <laughs> well, and you know what? And good on you. And, and I think that is a, a wonderful message to give, that it's never too late. No, it really isn't. And, and you have one life. And I mean, you don't need to go there because when you do go there, you're you're under the microscope a bit and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to go there and that was my thing. So I did it. You, know, you don't have to follow suit. But yeah, it's if anybody's sitting there wondering, go for it. Why okay. not? All right. So <laughs> and tell us about the first album. Well, the first album, uh, West of the Red, the first full album, um, most of it was written out by Grand Beach. I spent, uh, I was fortunate enough to spend a whole summer out there. And weekdays, there really isn't any population, so you're really just sitting there with a the guitar by the fire type thing. And um, it's uh, it's got a lot of Winnipeg references in it. It's got a lot of uh, Highway 59 references in it. <laughs> I'm heading down Highway 59 as a <laughs> reoccurring theme. And... It's a little bit of a story, uh, a self-portrait story of of me leaving Winnipeg. I love Winnipeg. I loved Winnipeg. I still love Winnipeg. So I was such a fan. It was very hard for me to make the move to Calgary, but I just wanted to try something right. and do it. So I think that that's, it says a lot in the lyrics, too, just about leaving you know, uh, to where the, the mountains pierce that deep blue sky type thing uh, and having that type of vibe. You know. But But interesting, though, that you still come back home yeah. to get inspiration and to do a, a vast majority of your writing. Yeah, this place is special for sure. Yeah. Uh, we have some listener questions oh, that we're going to uh, get <laughs> I'm to. I'm going to know these people. I yeah, yeah, I think you a... probably are. It's 2.11. <laughs> we'll take a break when we come back. We'll take a look at your weather forecast. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Dave Spivak on this Thursday afternoon on 680 CJOB. <laughs> In conversation with Dave Spivak from uh, the Dave Spivak Project. What song is that, Dave? That would be Cold Empty Streets. It would indeed. That's a great song with a great video. It's a different type of song. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I I actually wrote the lyrics for that song outside of the old army surplus on Portage Avenue. Wow. I had been sitting there and I'd been reading about the trains and and, uh, just the the history of Winnipeg. And uh, I mean, really, if you listen to the lyrics, it kind of sounds like there's some kind of crazed axe murderer involved in it. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> hey, art is art, okay? Yes. I'm not, <laughs> you can't prove anything. I'm, I'm clean, I'm clean. But art yeah. is art. And uh, yeah, it's got some good um, some good stuff. We did it, up, did it up nice. We're doing some recordings at uh, Bedside Studio in the North End here on Pritchard Avenue with Len Milne, and we came up with some um, funky sounds. My voice there is actually pumped through an old Leslie cabinet, so... It's You're kind kidding. of an old blues thing, and uh, yeah, it's a wow. So it's a little bit of a uh, psychedella or something. <laughs> so, if, if people want to get and sample your music, how do they do that? I'm everywhere right now. You know, like Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, like you name it. Uh, they could go to my website, DaveSpivakProject.com. Uh, I can send CDs if you want the physical CD. 
He's got um, some merch as well. I got some merch on there as well. Yeah, I mean, you can find my stuff anywhere. You can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, and you can get all the links there as well. So. How wonderful is it, though, that in this day and age, uh, as you were saying, you were, you know, being the inspiration to middle-aged men who are sitting there with that <laughs> white album in their basement saying, yeah, I got this, I, yeah. I got a white album in me. But how wonderful it is that you can get your music out to the world now it's so very- quickly. It is. It's very easy. It's it's not a difficult thing to do, and and you can get it up there, and then you can start promoting it, and uh, and you're seeing such a change in the music industry because of that. So much more independence than there ever has been. Yeah, and and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. It depends yes. on who you talk to, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you you've had a couple of uh, pretty big gigs in the last six months. Uh, the last time I ran into you was uh, when was that? November, December? No, December. December, yeah. Uh, you were at the Burton Cummings Theater. You were opening for your good friend Chris Jericho. Yeah, it wasn't that nice. That yeah. was an incredible night. Yeah, that was a fun night. It was great playing there, uh, and then we continued on tour after that to uh, Edmonton, Regina, and Calgary. On that, uh, on those shows, and Chris also asked you to play on his cruise. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> give us, hang on, give us the edited okay, version the of edited, that cruise. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, that was a really great experience uh, to be out in uh, on the sea. You know, uh, leaving Miami, heading to the Bahamas, playing outdoors at the pool deck, and uh, and it was the coolest thing. Really, was doing this Canadiana style music that I feel that this is with these lyrics really about this city and yep. about this province so much and Alberta and, and just having these people that are from Ohio and South Carolina and they're like, yeah, I get that, you know, or something, right? It was right? like, a, it just seemed to be great. It was great to connect with the people. It was a heck of a great time. Uh, a lot of our friends were there, of course, and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's no clean stories. Yeah, no, but, uh, no, I didn't expect that. You it wasn't and Jericho that bad. together. Yeah, I went to no. bed at six in the morning one night. So <laughs> one, yeah, night, one night, one which night was the early. only. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, but but talk to us a little bit about whether you know if you had the opportunity to play in front of fifty thousand people in a stadium, or you know the, the Burton Cummings here in Winnipeg. What would you prefer? Oh, the 50,000. Uh, well, well, no, I mean, the, uh, no, but I, 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 <laughs> yeah. some would say they like the, the more intimate is, connection. The Burton was an amazing place, yeah, for sure. I mean, the sound in there was incredible. The vibe is incredible. Uh, looking around at the at the seats and that was just phenomenal. So um, I've never played in front of 50,000 people at a stadium, and I would imagine it wouldn't give you the same warmth that the Burton Cummings right. um, gives. So, you know, that was a, a great experience, and... Uh, you know, maybe I'll play there again. Who knows? I, I think I, you might. I'm doing a little Midwest USA tour well, tell this us summer. About that. Well, I've just gone to do some smaller little shows in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Madison, Wisconsin, and these kind of more those areas, more college areas like Milwaukee and things like that. And then I'll be coming back through Winnipeg, probably mid July, somewhere in there. So I might I might try to get a show here. I haven't yet, but open to offers. Oh, uh, uh, hello, anybody <laughs> listening? Uh, uh, Dave is open to offers. Open to offers. Uh, but you're here this weekend, and you're going to be doing some recordings. So what's what's on the plate? Yes, I have a new song that I have written about that area at the lake, right off Lake Winnipeg by Grand Beach. Um, I've been playing it live for about a year and a half, and we're going to put it down uh, at the studio. Tomorrow, and then uh, Sunday, I head out with my good friends that are in in film, 
Dylan Bailey, one of the greatest uh, cameramen here in Winnipeg, young kid, like 23, 24 years old, sharp as a tack, great sense of humor, great camera guy, just amazing. Um, and and we're going to head out and we're heading out to the Frozen Lake Winnipeg and we're going to do this low down video. And wow. it's kind of a story about uh, being a little down and out, kind of a, a rebel running from the law. Um, loosely based on myself. <laughs> All these people loosely. be Googling me. What, what did he do? Um, yeah, so we're going to go out there and record that video. And it's good. I think I'm expecting it to be pretty fun. Yeah. And then we're all heading to Neil Young and Crazy Horse at the Burt. Yeah, you're pretty excited about seeing I'm, him, right? I'm pretty excited to see him with the horse. Yeah. Uh, this will be my third time seeing him with the horse, but probably my 12th or 13th time seeing him. Well, now I was yeah. going to ask you, my next question was going to be, who inspires you? So I, I think we can safely say Neil Young for sure. Neil Young would be probably the biggest, yeah. I really got into Bob Dylan's uh, nine or like mid-90s to late 2010 recordings, like Love and Theft, Modern Times, Tempest, those blues albums, those things just took me up against the wall. So that was a big influence. I also like songwriters like Warren Zevon, Jackson Brown. Those guys are always great to get influenced by. Uh, but Neil, I've always felt like with Crazy Horse in particular that it really uh, is more of an indication of what I am doing, which I feel is like I'm chopping wood, basically. You know, I'm getting the song out there. I'm getting the lyrics out there. You know, I'm not trying to be... Uh, uh, you know, Mozart, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I'm not, God, it's not prog rock, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's rock, you know, and, uh, and, and that type of thing. So, um, but yeah, Uncle Neil, um, Uncle if you're listening Neil. and you're in town, I'm here at the CGOP <laughs> <laughs> Come station on by, right now. say hello. Come on by. It has been a while since we've never met, <laughs> but I, I used to hang out, uh, in front of his house, uh, as a, as a teenager, uh, he wasn't living here. I'm not that old. Uh, out, uh, out on Grosvenor Avenue, and right. my friends and I that were playing music at the time would think, "Wow, that's where he lived." And 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 then I heard later that Bob Dylan did the same thing yes, when he was here, and he, he did was indeed. He was he and the people that owned the house let him in, and he was uh, he's like, "Wow, this must be where Neil was writing songs and thinking about getting out of here." <laughs> yeah, know? I thought that was really cool. That was my. I think a lot of people still drive by Neil's old house. Sure. And go, wow, you know, and and the same goes for uh, for Burton Cummings. You know, yes. on Lansdowne uh, here in the city. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a complete icon, right? So, uh, so somebody uh, texted and wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know, this is one of your crazy friends. And I, and I said I would ask it. So if you could be a tree, what tree would you be? Some friend would ask me this, not my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm just repeating what I saw in a text message. If, if you could be a tree, what tree would <laughs> you be? Not a plant, but a tree. A tree. Uh, I would be an oak tree. And and why an oak? Because I'm hard as a rock, baby. Oh, very good. You know what? One of the best answers I've ever heard. That was, that was <laughs> not that great. <laughs> no, that was pretty good. Uh, Dave, if people want to get your music again, let's remind them about uh, the website and uh, all the areas they can find you. Yeah, come to the website. It's fun. It really is. Uh, join the website. You'll see all the music links there for Spotify and all that stuff. And I've got a lot of fun stuff going on there. Uh, there's a lot of live videos. You'll see all the music videos that we've been creating here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. Uh, I didn't quit. I just ran out of money. Uh, <laughs> cold, empty streets. Get out of my house. Broken. All shot in Manitoba here and in Winnipeg. So yeah, yeah. And, and those videos are outstanding. I have to say, kudos to the to well, the thanks. team. Yeah, they're that 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 team is phenomenal. Uh, uh, we've had some some really good good members and people join up and. 
and get involved in that for sure. So, And in particular, I think I was on the site this morning, and there's a, a nice uh, Christmas shot of you and Chris Jericho. Did I see that? On your- yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how that happened. That's yeah, not supposed to be up there. Know, been, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's some love going on. That's all I got to say about that. At uh, 226, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me. And we'll uh, talk to you next summer when you've got that show booked at the birth. Wow, yes. Yeah, can we announce that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Thanks. Love you, Winnipeg. Uh, Dave Spivak, uh, check him out online, DSP, the Dave Spivak Project. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.